0: Hello, friends. This is Rick Thomas, and you're listening to Your Daily Drive. I have some exciting news for you. This is a this is the election year, at most of in the United States. That is, and most of you are aware of that. Well, I have gone through a vetting process. This is something that I, I don't do, but I've gone through a vetting process, and I just want to lay out the candidates that are possible in this year, this election year, and I want to give you, I want to give you my choice for a candidate this year. I think this will be, uh, it will surprise you, you will be surprised, and so I trust that you will hang on. The title of the podcast is, Not Sure Who to Vote For This Year? Here's the Perfect Candidate, and I'll work through my list. I'm going to scratch off, let's see, I've got uh, 23 names here that I'm going to scratch off, but there is one that there. There's a lot of possibilities with this individual, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But let me share with you that this is the Your Daily Drive podcast, and this is the podcast where we do put our articles in audio format. We started this process in 2015. I started writing articles in 2008, July the 3rd specifically, and so our ministry is over 12 years old now, and we had this humongous archive of articles, and then my friend Willie Jones and Georgia, uh, who uh, has uh, eye, eye problems. He, he can't see well, and he asked me if I would put the articles in audio format, and so I spent about a year studying podcasting and how to do it, do it somewhat well, and we, we do stumble through that. But then after a, a year of just studying and trying to figure out how to do podcasting, and get all the equipment and so forth, we are a debt-free ministry, and so we don't do anything unless we can pay for it, because it does give us a lot of freedom if we're not uh, in debt, as you might imagine. And so once we got all of our equipment, way back then I started podcasting, and now we have over 1,200 podcasts on two networks, Life Over Coffee and this one here, Your Daily Drive. My goal was to put all the articles in podcast uh, in five years, and that was a bit too ambitious. I'm doing three a week and it's quite a bit and it keeps me busier than I should be as far as producing this content but it's just where we are but it's not fast enough and so we are about 60% through and so this 5 year plan has turned into it's turned into a 10 year plan but we're trying to get everything uh, in audio so that you can not just have the option of reading, which a lot of people love, but also people do love our, our podcast. And we have a lot of folks that are listening and sharing them, uh, which I'm very appreciative. And then we have also started uh, this year with our video outreach uh, with our YouTube channel. And so we're working on that. And again, that's an equipment issue. And so we're working to get the equipment that we need, specifically uh, video cameras uh, that we need to do that better, but uh, it's going rather well too. And I'm very pleased we're dropping two videos a week and I have a lot of content to put in video video format. And so we have those three primary formats for you to uh, choose from. Uh, the written word, the audio word, and the video word. And you can use those and you can share those with anyone that you wish. Of course, we are putting our article, I'm putting our articles in books as well. I've written three books. I've got a couple of more in mind that I need to get out in the next year or so. I hope I can do that. And then, of course, our speaking events next week, we will be in around Apex, North Carolina, right outside of Raleigh. Uh, North Carolina. I'll be speaking at Triangle Community Church. We just came back from uh, the Old Faithful Christian Ranch in Idaho, where we did family camp there, and so we have several speaking events planned. By the way, if you haven't received the word or the notice, Daniel Berger, Dr. Daniel Berger and I, we will be going to Israel in March uh, the 7th through the 18th of 2021. It will be part of a tour group, and Daniel and I will be teaching while we are in Israel. If you want some information about that, then all you have to do is go to the blue banner at the top of our website, and you will see... Uh, as of this date, you will see uh, the blue banner that says, Join our Israel trip. And if you click on the link there, you can get the banner and it, it, you'll get the brochure, rather, and it will give you all the contact information that you need. We do have an upcoming informational meeting. And so if you are on the list of folks that have inquired about the information, Uh, then you can be part of that Zoom meeting as Low Venture, the group that we will be going with. Um, They will be conducting the meeting and answering any questions that you may have. So make sure that you contact Mark Kirby, uh, which you can get his information from the brochure from the Blue Banner at the top of the website. You contact Mark Kirby. Get your name on the list. You're not committing to anything, but it just gives you the information that you need. There, There's only 30 folks that are going, and so that list, uh, the group is going to be small intentionally, and you, if you're really serious about going, you want to get on the list and and start working uh, toward that again. Daniel and I will be teaching at several stops in Israel. We will also be recording a video, doing some video production too so that we can bring uh, these videos back home and so that you can see parts of israel we'll do some facebook live and other things as well so that uh, most people obviously will not be able to go and we want to uh, share as much as we can with you back home while we are there Daniel and I are also planning uh, to do this either every year or every other year, God willing, and so we will see how that goes. But again, this first trip is March the 7th uh, through the 18th. There's travel days on the front and back end of that, and so it is a lengthy trip. But uh, you will truly be uh, saturated in all things Israel, Uh, part of the uh, tour guide team. Uh, uh, Eli, Uh, we call him Eli, but he lives in Jerusalem, and uh, he's the one that does my book covers, as a matter of fact, and he's been living in Jerusalem, he and his wife, uh, for many years now, and so we'll have a lot of inside information as far as the tour is concerned, so it's going to be a fantastic tour. If you can go, again, go to the blue banner at the top of our website, and just click on the learn more link. It will give you the brochure where you can get the email, the phone number, and you can email or call and talk to Mark Kirby specifically, and get yourself on a list. and 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 I trust if you can go, it would be fantastic. By the way, Kevin, uh, Daniel, and I will be uh, conducting. Counseling sessions as well, and so if you want to have a counseling session by the Dead Sea or the Sea of Galilee or somewhere in Jerusalem, uh, you can do that, and that will be kind of cool. We won't record that part, but uh, we'll have we will be conducting private counseling sessions for anyone uh, who would like to cut out a little time. Uh, while while we are over there, and we can uh, talk about whatever is on your mind. All right, we're in the election season, probably, I would say, the most fearful, tense, angry, scared of any election cycle that there has been. Certainly, so in my lifetime, my first election cycle was 1960 when Richard Nixon, was running against John Kennedy. I was one year old. I don't know anything about it. Uh, My earliest recollection was, well, I do know a lot about it, actually, but not from memory, just from historical study. But my first recollection was uh, the assassination of John Kennedy on, I believe, November the 22nd, 1963. I was four years old at the time. I do vaguely remember that, but I don't remember the first election cycle in nineteen sixty. And uh, and there's been many uh, since then that I am aware of, but none of them have been as intense as this one here. Uh, None have caused as much fear as this one here. None has made people as angry as this one here, and I'm even talking about more so than 2016. I did not think things could be any worse than they were in 2016 as far as an election cycle is concerned, but here we are four years later, and things have dramatically intensified as all of you know." In each election cycle, finding the best candidate can be a daunting and challenging task. To vote or not to vote is rarely the question, and I know there are some folks who are just going to abstain. They have thrown their hands up, and they just are walking away in an apathetic way. I would appeal to you not to do that, that you do exercise this right for as long as we have it, and I'm not sure... Uh, if we're always going to have this right. But I I would just appeal to you to vote. Uh, if you're in a country, and I'm speaking uh, mostly to Americans here, but I realize the podcast goes around the world, and in whatever country you are in, if you are able to vote, I would appeal to you to do it. It is a right for us in America, and And we need to exercise that right, no matter how frustrated we are. But finding the right candidate can be super frustrating. And there is no question that this year is no exception. The adage is true. What you see is not always what you get and so i am here to help you to choose the best candidate i have worked through a list of potential candidates and after a lengthy vetting process i have eliminated all but one all of them and i'm I'm going i have 24 on my list and i've eliminated every one of them except for one And I believe this person is the most qualified. And so before you cast your vote, I want you to make sure you know the whole truth about all of these potential uh, candidates. And so I'm going to work through the list. I'll tell you what I think about them. You can be the judge. And of course, you have the right to make your own choice. I will, well, let's just get right into it. First candidate, number one, his name is Adam. Adam is a good man. Well, he was a good man, but he had problems with his wife, a lot of marriage problems uh, with Adam. And also there's a reference that uh, told about how he and his wife, they enjoyed walking nude uh, in the woods. And so as I thought about Adam, I just decided, you know, you might be a a good man, but because of your marriage problems and and because you like walking naked in the woods, uh, you're just not my Not my kind of guy, and so you are off my list. Number two is is Noah. Now, Noah, he had a former pastorate. The pastorate was 120 years, and he did not even have one convert, and he's also prone to unrealistic building projects. I mean, imagine this. I mean, numbers are everything, and this man was not seeker-sensitive in any way, shape, form or fashion. And we need to be a little more relevant. Uh, We also need to tone down the message so that uh, people, itching ears, will be interested in what you have to say. But Noah was a little bit hardcore. And after 20, 20 years of evangelistic and pastoral ministry, he never had a convert. And then if you have someone like that, and plus they have unrealistic building projects, well, That's just not the kind of individual that you want uh, to be your leader, and so I put uh, Noah in the Adam pile, and and so I struck him from my list. Number three is Abraham. Now, the the reference with Abraham reported uh, wife-swapping. And he seemed to be into that. And so that is a big red flag to me. And the facts seem to show that he never slept with another man's wife, but he offered to share his wife with another man. And so Abraham is not the kind of guy that you uh, really want to vote uh, for as well. And then number four, we have Joseph. Now, Joseph, he was a, a big thinker. He was a dreamer. And he had this big imagination. Those guys, you put those guys on the front, you know, in the lead position – braggart. He was also a a braggart, and he created division, I mean, even within his own family because of uh, the way he talked and the way he thought. He also believed that uh, in interpreting dreams, and of course, that's charismatic, and so we can't have anything to do with charismania. And so you have a big thinker who is a braggart, and he believes in interpreting dreams. Now, if you think that's... That's bad enough. I mean, obviously you don't want to vote for him based on what I've said already. But he had a a prison record. And so he's off the list. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Joseph. All right, so number 5, we have Moses. Now Moses has a lot of potential. He was modest. That's what you're looking for. That's a good characteristic in a, a leader. He was a meek man, but he was a poor communicator. And so he stuttered at times. And so you can imagine trying to listen to him on Sunday morning or any of his political speeches. That would be a, a bit tedious, uh, someone who who stutters. And I don't want to be overly critical here because stuttering is a real issue. But as far as listening to a potential leader who stutters. That's problematic. Now sometimes Moses would blow his stack and he would act rashly, uh, rashly. Some say he left an earlier church over a murder charge. And so I'm not sure altogether what that was about. I was not there. Part of it's an argument from silence, but there is this accusation hanging over his head. And so he has a lot of issues. It's kind of a an admixture. He's modest and meek. But he's a poor communicator who stutters, and sometimes he blows his stack and acts rashly. And then there's this murder charge thing. So he's off the list. Number six, we have David. Now, he's the most promising leader of all. But there is a slight problem that he had an affair with his neighbor's wife. Now, I realize in today's political climate, that's that's actually... Uh, That's pretty light as far as thinking about strike marks against someone. And so David is really high on the list because of his leadership ability. Uh, But still, there is this adultery thing that he had going on with his neighbor's wife. So I pushed him aside. I I put him in the same stack with Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, uh, Joseph, and Moses. All right, so number seven, we have Solomon. Solomon's a great preacher. Uh, But our relocation cost for all of his wives are out of the budget. 300 wives, 700 concubines, or as one fella said, he had 300 wives and 700 combines. And because he needed all them combines for those 300 wives. But whether he had concubines or combines or 300 wives or however that worked out, the relocation cost and his opulent lifestyle, not really the guy that you want, even though he's a great orator and seemed to have a lot of wisdom. So Solomon is out as well. Number eight is Elijah. Elijah, I really like. He was uh, a bit sassy, had a lot of boldness, but, you know, he was prone to depression. As one time a a woman said something uh, to him, and, and honestly, with the feministic culture that we live in, if you can't stand up to a woman, I'm not talking about being mean or harsh, there's no place for that, but, but you're going to have men and women who are against you. And Elijah had a woman say something. She smarted off to him, and, and he just took off and went and sat under a, a juniper tree, which is like a leafless free, which doesn't even offer the shade that you need. So Elijah's prone to depression; he collapses under pressure, and so there's a little bit of a bipolar thing going on with Elijah. And so, just not quite trustworthy, as far as I am concerned. So Elijah's off the list. Then we have Elisha. Uh, some have reported that he lived with a single uh, widow while at his former church. Uh, he had some problems as well, and so I'm not too comfortable with him. And so uh, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about him, to be honest with you, just didn't really care from the references. Uh, Then number 10, we have Hosea. Now he's a tender and loving pastor, and that's the kind of person that you want. But again, we're one flesh, and uh, a lot of people had a problem with his wife's occupation and and so because of that, I mean he seemed to be a great guy honestly, but you know managing your own household well and uh, your wife and, and what she does and what his wife specifically did for a living uh, that is problematic. And so Jose as much as I did like him, kind of like David in a sense, a lot of promise there, but I struck him off the list. Number 11, we have Deborah. She's a strong leader, seems to be anointed, but she's a woman. And so that's it. You know, no woman can have a leadership role. So we're not into the social justice warrior uh, stuff. So Deborah's off the list. Number 12, Jeremiah, talking about emotionally unstable, similar to Elijah. He was also an alarmist, kind of like Moses. He acted a little bit rashly and then a lot of negativity. Uh, Jeremiah was always lamenting things. It's reported that he had taken a long trip to bury his underwear on the bank of a foreign river. And so that uh, is just a little bit odd. I'm just going to put that out there. And so Jeremiah, uh, he's, not, he's not really a good candidate either. And then there's Isaiah. Isaiah, uh, he's really on the fringe Isaiah claims to have seen angels in the church. He also had trouble with his language, reminds me a little bit of Martin Luther. And so not, you know, a guy that tweets out the way Isaiah does and some of the things he says in his tweets. I'm not really sure that he is the best candidate. Number 14, we have Jonah. Well, he refused God's call into the ministry, and then God forced him to obey by getting swallowed up by a great fish. Uh, he told us the fish later spit him out on the shore near him, and so we just hung up right there at that point. That phone call was that phone phone call was over quickly. Not sure about all that stuff, but I did learn that Jonah was a racist. And so with all of these things, the big fish story, spitting him out, being a racist, no need to even uh, spend any more time thinking about Jonah. Number 15 is Amos. He's too backward, a little bit unpolished, kind of like me, honestly. And I I kind of like Amos because he's a little backward and a little uh, unpolished. But he might have more promise with some seminary training, a little bit more polish, a little more seminary training. And might he might fit in with a poorer congregation. He has a hang-up against wealthy people, and so Amos, uh, good. Maybe give him a smaller church and and just let him deal with a few people, Uh, but because of his backwardness and lack of polish, he's just really not the guy that you—he's not a good front man. I'll just put it that way. Number 16, Melchizedek. Great credentials at his current workplace, but where does the guy live? I mean, it's kind of like Man from nowhere. No information on his resume about former work records. Every line about his parents was left blank, and he refused to supply a birth date. And so there's a lot of red flags hanging around this man, even though uh, upon meeting him, it's like, dude, you got a lot going for you, and excuse me, you're the kind of guy I want to follow, but uh, you're a blank slate. And so that's that's not going to that's not going to work for us. Number seventeen, we have John says he's a Baptist, but he doesn't dress like one. And I come from good fundamentalist stock, and there is no way that uh, he may be an, a Baptist, but he's 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 an embarrassment. I mean, no shirt. I mean, no white shirt, no necktie, no suit coat. His wife probably wears pants if he's married at all, which I'm actually not sure if he is married uh, says he slept outdoors for months on end and has a weird diet too and he also provokes denominational leaders and so you don't need that kind of spark plug and so John, he's out. Uh, there's Peter. Peter reminds me kind of like Amos lack of polish. Uh, he's too blue collar. he has a bad temper. Uh, people say he's a curser. Uh, that's not good. You don't want that. You don't want him on the Twitter sphere for sure. Uh, then he had a big run in with Paul in Antioch. And so he's a little bit too aggressive, a little bit too impulsive, somewhat of a loose cannon, not the kind of guy you want to be leading. And then, of course, we do have Paul. Paul, he would fall in line with David, a lot of potential uh, with Paul. We like him. Uh, Hosea, a tender, uh, loving pastor. He's an influential CEO-type leader and a fascinating preacher. And by the way, he can he can speak a little better than Amos, not just to the poor congregation, but he can talk to the wealthy uh, as well. But then again, there are times when Paul is short on tact. He can be unforgiving with younger ministers. He can be a little bit harsh, and of course, he's been known to preach all night, and so that's not what you really want. So just a little bit too long-winded. Number 20, we have a package deal. We have James and John, and they come together, and, and it's very promising at first. I haven't thought about this idea of having two in one, but also found out they have an ego. Problem regarding other fellow workers and seating positions, who's going to be first, and that kind of thing. And so, you really don't want an egotistic uh, leader, or in this case, it's a package deal. They actually threaten an entire town after an insult. And they're also known to try to discourage workers who didn't follow along with them. And so, James and John, as much as I wanted to make it work, they were out too. Number 21, we have Timothy. Well, I mean, like Deborah, she's a woman. Well, Timothy, he's too young and we don't want anyone too young, so we're done. Uh, number 22, we have Methuselah. Well, he's too old and he's way too old. and so you don't want that guy either. All right, so number 23, we have Jesus. Jesus had he had popular times. But once his church grew to 5,000, he managed to offend them all, and and then this church dwindled to 12 people. Seldom stays in one place too long. Uh, He's always uh, moving around, not the kind of guy you really want uh, as your leader. Of course, he's single, and so that's not good as well. And so I have eliminated him. And so there's the first 23 Adam, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, Solomon, Elijah, Elisha, Hosea, Deborah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jonah, Amos, Melchizedek. John, Peter, Paul, James, and John, Timothy, Methuselah, and Jesus. And all of them had some good qualities, but there was always something or some things that just made them not worthy. And then number 24, well, this is Judas. Now, his references are reliable. Uh, He's also a steady plotter, and he's conservative. He has good connections as well. He knows how to handle money. And so we're going to invite him to preach this Sunday because there's a lot of possibilities here with him. I actually don't see anything wrong with him. And so I think Judas... Possibly, depending on how the preacher preaching goes, uh, he is probably going to be our guy. The title of the podcast is Not Sure Who to Vote For This Year. Here's the perfect candidate. This list that I just gave you has been around the internet for some time. I did not make this up. I'm not sure who wrote this. Uh, if you do know the original author, would you please let me know? So, I can give proper attribution. I do want to do that, but I'm not sure who generated this. And if you do know, please uh, let me know. Now, this post is humorous. And I trust at some point during this post that, that you smiled. I hope you smiled as you listened. Here's a question for you that I want you to think about How are joy? and laughter operating in your life today. I'm not talking about being silly. Uh, I am talking about being happy. I'm talking about joy, laughter, happiness, even in seasons of sorrow. Some of the deepest sorrowful and dark seasons of my life, they were not divorced from happiness and joy and laughter and humor. Now, I have other questions that are in the call to action. My questions here, by the way, are serious. You might not know that based on what I just shared with you about my 24 candidates. But my questions are serious. But I'm only going to talk about this one. If you want to read the other questions in the call to action, I want you to read them and respond to them and talk to somebody about them because many of you are struggling, and so I did this podcast intentionally on purpose, because I hope that you, you smile. You don't want to divorce smiling, laughter, humor, joy, uh, even from the hard seasons in your life. Happiness, joy, laughter, it, it is a medicine, and it can help. And so we need to live in this duality of sorrow and heaviness, anguish of soul. That we can't erase. It is a part of our reality. But the joy and contentment that comes with joy and happiness and laughter, that is optional, and we can choose not to be that way. And perhaps for some of you, it is a real struggle just to smile. I hope you smiled. But if you want to talk if you need somebody to talk to, if you're pastor or small group leader, spouse, family member, competent friend, someone that you want to talk to, if you don't have that person, would you please come to us? Uh, we would love to chat with you. We have free community forums. Change your name, flatten it out. Just share your story. You don't have to share you or anybody that you know, but let us serve you. We would love to do that. Thanks for listening.